0: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end but stories last forever. No passport required for US citizens and permanent residents? Learn more and plan your trip at discoverPuerto Rico.com. So I wonder sometimes, why isn't the universe, you know, more boring, you know? What? What do you mean more boring? Well, not only is so much of our universe beautiful, from, you know, like features on Earth to incredible things in space, but it also just seems to be filled with like really weird stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, the universe always seems to top itself with more intense or more crazy stuff.
0: I know, but I wonder, is that a property of the universe, or is that something about us? Like, if we meet aliens and they're physicists, would they be like, "Yawn, the universe is so simple and boring, and we're the only ones who think it's fascinating? Or would they also just, like, stand and gape at the incredible features we see in the universe?
1: Oh, I see. You're asking a philosophical question. Like, is it not boring objectively or just subjectively as for humans, given our experience? Yeah. Is the universe not boring because of who we are or because of what the universe is? Hmm. Like if we lived in a crazier part of the universe, maybe we we would be more used to crazy things.
0: Yeah, exactly. If we had seen all the fascinating stuff early on, then all these discoveries would be ho-hum, right? Mm. But we grew up in a kind of a boring corner of the universe, and so we're blown away when we go to, like, the Manhattan part of the universe and see all the crazy stuff that happens.
1: All the extremes, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're like the uh, the provincial ignoramuses of the universe. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all got a nice universe here.
1: <laughs> That's it. Now let's insult
0: let's cut out that, of the yeah. United States. Yeah, I
1: mean, we should cut <laughs> Definitely that. Definitely let's cut that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. A production of iHeartRadio. In which we take
0: a tour of the universe and find weird and interesting stuff that's hard to understand and try to explain it to you.
1: Today we're going to take a topic and we're going to examine some of the weirdest examples of them. Some of the most intense and extreme examples of this very common thing you see every night.
0: That's right, and this episode is dedicated to a listener who wrote in and asked us to do an episode about all the weirdest stars in the universe. This was requested by Callie Smith, who also in her email
1: described herself as a physics ninja. Jorge, what do you think that means? (laughs) She must have gone to like a combination school where they teach physics and ninja skills (laughs)
0: I imagine that a physics ninja is somebody who breaks into your office late at night totally silently Mm -hmm. and solves all the problems you have on the chalkboard and escapes without leaving
1: a trace wow I would love to see a duel between her and like a physics samurai what would
0: happen (laughs) a physics samurai comes in and chops your chalkboard in half I think (laughs) (laughs)
1: less subtle Less exactly. subtle. Problem solved. Isn't that what you do to your students? You like walk in and, this is no good. Slash. Yeah, no,
0: I'm de- I'm definitely not like a physics gladiator, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Mm. I think of myself more as a physics architect, trying to build interesting stuff in physics and find interesting puzzles.
1: Cool. Well, thank you, Callie Smith, for submitting this idea. And uh, it's a pretty interesting one. Just the idea that there are things out there that you might somebody might call weird stars.
0: Yeah, and you know you know that our sun is a star, and there's lots of other stars out there, and a lot of them are just sort of vanilla. You know, they're out there, they're fusing hydrogen, they're enormous burning balls of gas. We can see them from billions of miles away, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so many of them, that becomes a little plain, right? Like, you're bored by that. Um, but it turns out there's a lot of stars out there that are weird, that are strange, that do incredible stuff that blows your mind. And so this episode is dedicated to talking all about those kinds of stars.
1: Yeah, because it's it's funny to think that our star, our sun, is this giant, enormous, continual, immense atomic bomb that's just, that that it's exploding all the time. And it's, uh, but it's it's weird to think that that's the vanilla version, that there are versions (laughs) of stars out there that would make our star look boring.
0: Yeah, you got to be pretty jaded to think an enormous, constantly exploding fusion bomb is, is, is um, the size you know, of the yesterday's sun. Yesterday's news. Yeah, the size of the sun is yesterday's news, right? That, uh, um, but that's the world we live in. You know, you always need something more exciting, something uh, as you're scrolling down your internet feed, right? You just need something to catch your eye. And so, yesterday's ball of enormous plasma is boring, and you need something new, something exciting. And so, that's what we're providing to you today.
1: Yeah, so let's break it down. What do we? What do you mean by weird stars? Or stars that are not like the typical star that you see out in the universe?
0: Yeah, you know, astronomers like to look out in the sky and see what they look at and try to understand it. And they look at the population, they see, do the stars have the distribution of brightness that we expect? Do we see the sizes that we expect? The distances we expect? And they start to ask questions, you know. And when they do so, they find some oddballs. They find some stars out there that don't quite um, act the way they might have expected. And that gives them clues that there's different stuff going on in the universe that's producing these weird stars. Mm. And so specifically, today we're interested in things like new neutron stars and pulsars and weird things called magnetars. Magnetars. Sounds like a Greek yeah. mythology monster. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what a magnetar would do against a physics ninja. Who do you think
1: would win? <laughs> oh, epic battle. <laughs> that would be an epic battle. I would I'd love, love to see some fan art uh, if anyone's listening who knows how to draw. A magnetar <laughs> yeah, exactly. versus a physics ninja.
0: I'd love to. I'd love to see that done. That would be awesome. Yeah, so we are going to dig into what's weird and fascinating and interesting about all these kinds of stars. But of course, before we do so, I went around
1: and I asked people what they knew about these weird categories of stars. Yeah, we asked people what they thought was a neutron star or a pulsar or a magnetar.
0: That's right. So before you listen to these answers, think to yourself. Do you know what a neutron star is? How is it made? Why is it weird? Do you know what a magnetar is other than a comic book villain in Jorge's imagination? Think about it for yourself. Then listen to these answers. Here's what people had to say.
1: Kind of I I don't know too much about it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like big stars? I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know. know. I've heard names before, but nothing about, like, information. Yeah. on it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I feel like I've heard about neutron
0: stars but not the other two can so sure. you get, uh, make a guess what a neutron star is um neutrons are like um it's like the atom right like mm-hmm. the protons electrons the neutrons so I would assume it has to do something with that okay sure. great I know mm-hmm. no well if you had to guess what a quasar was what would you guess it is
1: <laughs> like a type of star or something mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Something like that—a fireball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. A pulsar, to my understanding, would be like a black hole. When
1: a black hole is—and I could be very wrong—when um, a black hole is like eating or you know, or just um, breaking apart like a planet, and as it's doing that, it's spewing you know stuff out, and as the black hole spins, it kind of emits um, like what is it, like radiation or you know frequencies that. When we see it here on Earth, it seems like it pulses mm. or it flashes. Cool. Something that's, like, emitting, like, a, uh, energy? I'm not sure. Oh, right. yeah. P-U-L-S-A-R? Uh-huh. I have, a, but to be
0: honest with you, I can't remember what it is. All right, how about a neutron star? I'm sure, just like any other star, it's a form of energy that now emits a sense of light. As far as neutron, I mean... That's, that's, that's just my best guess. I mean, they're calling it a neutron star because it's probably more neutrons than, like, what, positrons and all these other things. So what would you think of those answers, Jorge?
1: Yeah, no, I think they <laughs> demonstrate as, as much knowledge as, as me about these topics.
0: <laughs> I see. So like them, you're fascinated to learn more about neutron stars and pulsars <laughs> and Yeah, like stars.
1: them, I would have just said, yeah, it's like a fireball, right? Or it's a, a big ball of energy.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people seem to have heard the term, right? Neutron star is uh, is... Um, not unfamiliar to people. I think one reason is that um, Thor's hammer is supposed to be made out of neutron star material. Isn't that right? Oh, is that true? I think so. I'm not an expert on the Marvel Universe. I'm sure somebody's going to write in and correct me, but
1: please mm. do. Um, I think it was and, forged by the energy of a neutron star. Oh, right, of course. Of <laughs> according course. to the movie. But I'm not sure if it's comic book lore.
0: Isn't it super heavy, though? It's super heavy, right? It's as dense as a neutron star,
1: right? Mm, I don't know if it's super heavy. I know that only Thor can pick it up.
0: Yeah, there's some complicated physics rules in the Marvel Universe there. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is not Daniel and Jorge explain the Marvel Universe, so let's get back to our universe.
1: Although, that sounds like a great podcast.
0: <laughs> That's our spinoff podcast, yeah. Um Exactly. Um, yeah, I thought people, you know, mostly had heard of this stuff, but they didn't really know a lot of details about what pulsars were, and
1: nobody had any idea what a magnetar was. Mm. I mean, it, it sounds like it's magnetic.
0: Yes, that's a good clue. Magnetars are super magnetic. Is it like a star that
1: will stick to your fridge? or <laughs> <laughs> It's a star that will erase your credit cards. So the idea is that when you look out into the sky at night, you see a whole bunch of stars, but some of the ones that you're looking at are not like the others.
0: That's right. Some of them are pretty weird, and they're not always easy to spot. So let's dig into it. The first category of weird stars we want to talk about is neutron stars.
1: Yeah. So uh, what's a neutron star besides, you know, a el- plot element in the, in the Avengers movie?
0: <laughs> um, well, I don't think they were created just for that purpose. Neutron star is some, what happens after some stars go supernova. Right so the typical life cycle of a star is gas and dust come together they're compressed by gravity it starts to ignite in the center it burns for billions of years right eventually it runs out of that fuel and um and it and the and the burning slows down and it can't Uh, any longer prevent itself from collapsing gravitationally, right? Mm -hmm. All this stuff gravity's trying to pull the star into as small a dot as possible, but during its whole life it's burning and that's causing this outward pressure. Eventually that burning fades and fades and fades and the star gives way to the inevitable forces of gravity and collapses.
1: Like it's nuts out and and all that stuff just suddenly crunches down in the into the center
0: yeah well usually you get an implosion followed by an explosion which is a supernova so a huge amount of light is emitted and then you have what's left over is a very 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 dense very small core and if it's big enough if it's like massive enough then it can form a black hole right and and that's how a lot of black holes are made oh. but if it's not quite massive enough sometimes it doesn't form a black hole it just forms a super dense blob of stuff wow So
1: a neutron star is like a failed black hole.
0: (laughs) I don't want to pass any value judgments on neutron stars. I think neutron stars should be happy with how they look you know, and not be aspiring to anything else. That's Um, right. But, yeah, neutron stars are black holes that didn't go black. This is a stellar positive podcast. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Love your body, stars. Love who you are. But, yeah, they are are blobs of matter that weren't big enough, weren't dense enough to turn into black holes. What Hmm. are you left with? This huge blob of matter, and it's an amazing amount of gravitational pressure, and it squeezes, squeezes down. And in the end, you know, you started out with this thing. It's millions of kilometers wide. All that stuff gets compressed into a little blob that's like 10 kilometers in radius.
1: Which is pretty small. It's, it's like a, the size of Manhattan.
0: Yeah, exactly. And these things start out um, often much bigger than our sun. Remember, our sun is fairly small compared to a lot of suns out there. Mm-hmm. So this thing comes out to be like 10 kilometers wide, but still have like one or two times the mass of our sun. So imagine taking our sun and squeezing it down to like the size of Manhattan.
1: Wow. And, and what's holding it together is the gravity, right?
0: That's right. Gravity is pulling this thing together and uh, nothing else is capable of, of uh, sustaining it anymore. There's no pressure left to, to keep it larger.
1: Mm. So what's keeping it from becoming a black hole? Wouldn't it just keep compressing because of gravity?
0: Yeah. Well, there's not enough gravity, right? There is some pressure there. And so the new, it, what happens, the reason it's called the neutron star is that gravity's compressed it. And, you know, mostly these atoms have neutrons and protons and electrons, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it gets so compressed that the protons and the electrons, they have this interaction and they turn into neutrons, Right, and so you turn all the protons and, and electrons into neutrons. Remember, protons are plus one, electrons are minus one.
1: Wait, wait. It's it, usually there. One is plus and one is negative, so they uh, mm-hmm. attract each other. But you're saying when if they get close enough, they become a neutron.
0: They turn into a neutron. Yeah, and it's not like don't be confused. A neutron is not just. A proton and electron stuck together, right? Mm -hmm. There's a transformation of the quarks that are inside the proton. One of the quarks inside the protons gets flipped from being like a down quark to an up quark, and that turns the proton into a neutron. And also it emits a neutrino. And so you turn all the protons and electrons inside these atoms into neutrons so that all you're left with is neutrons.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Why doesn't that collapse into a black hole? Well, neutrons don't like to be on top of each other, right? And there's still mm-hmm. gluons and things. The neutrons don't want to be like literally on top of each other. So there's still enough pressure there to prevent it from collapsing into a black hole. If there was more, I mean they mass, push each other out. Still, yeah, they don't.
1: Um, they crowd each other out.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like um, a bag of ping pong balls, right? You squeeze it and squeeze it and squeeze it, and eventually they pack so tightly that they can't get any closer. And Mm -hmm. if you had enough neutrons, you added another, if you doubled the mass or something, there'd be enough gravitational pressure to form a black hole. But -hmm. these are ones where there isn't enough gravitational pressure to overcome the neutrons pushing against each other. It's just stuck in this really dense state. Yeah, super mm-hmm. dense. You know, if you had like a spoonful of this stuff, it would weigh 3 billion tons. Right? right. <laughs> it's hard to even really fathom like how heavy this stuff is. A spoonful weighs
1: 3 billion
0: tons. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you've taken something twice the size of the sun and compressed it to a sphere 10 kilometers wide. Like, yeah, it's really dense stuff.
1: Wow. So that's why it's called a neutron star. It's it's mostly made out of neutrons.
0: Yeah, it's basically just neutrons. Like, you know, what is a neutron star? It's a star of neutrons, right? For once, we have a great name in science that's compact, it's crisp, and it's totally accurate, right? So kudos to the anonymous physics naming committee that we are often um, crapping on their work. But today they did a great job.
1: But why is it still called a star? Wouldn't it just be like a... A neutron ball? Wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just call it a neutron ball?
0: <laughs> you, don't even give, you don't even want to give them this one, huh? Why is it called a star? Yeah, well, okay, that's a good question. I mean, let's talk about how you see them, right? A neutron star isn't actively fusing anymore, so it's not giving off a lot of light. So you can't see neutron stars in the sky the way you see other stars, right? Just by seeing the light that comes off them. They're more like black holes, Um, in that they're intense sources of gravity and the stuff around them is getting sort of rubbed and compressed they have an an accretion disk, right? It's the stuff that's about to fall into the black hole of the neutron star, and that's giving off a lot of radiation. So you see the neutron stars not directly, but if they happen to have an accretion disk, it gives off a lot of radiation. So, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Maybe they shouldn't be called stars. They should be called like neutron rocks or scoops-o-neutron or something.
1: (laughs) Neutron balls. I I feel like I should just get a Nobel Prize (laughs) just for figuring out this
0: problem. The The Nobel Prize for star naming? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Maybe you can get a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for naming yeah. stars. Or
1: at least a sticker, you know, like a little gold star. That would be nice. <laughs> I'll make you a gold neutron star. <laughs> or a ball, technically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I see what you're saying. So it's not like the thing itself, that super dense core is glowing itself. It's just that it's it's almost acting like a black hole and that it's so heavy. And stuff that's around it, It's such an intense gravitational field that the stuff around it kind of burns and and gets shredded. And that's what gives us the light that we see.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like a baby black hole, right? But it's cool because it's a black, a baby black hole you can see into, right? The stuff is not hidden behind the gravitational event horizon. Mm. You can see it, you can study it, you can ask questions like, how fast is it spinning? You know, what is it like to be on the surface? And, uh, it's pretty crazy because these neutron stars, you know, they contain the, all the angular momentum of the original star, right? So imagine, for example, think about like being a figure skater. Or being on the ice, if you're spinning and you have your arms out wide, and then you bring your arms in closer and closer together, you go faster and faster. Right. right. The reason is angular momentum. You have to have the same amount of spinning momentum when your arms are out wide as when you're they're close in. Right. But having
1: things uh, close in means they have to go faster to have the same amount of angular momentum because it depends mm-hmm. on the radius. So like it shrinks, like as it shrinks, it goes faster and it spins faster and faster until exactly I mean, it gets so small that it's it's probably spinning spinning at a crazy speed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Some neutron stars we found spin, like they rotate, the entire star rotates like five or six hundred times per second. Mm-hmm.
1: Five hundred times
0: per second. Wow. Per second, yeah. <laughs> Which means if you're like standing on the surface of the star, the surface is moving at like a quarter of the speed of light.
1: Wow. But technically you could sort of like land on it, right? Like if you, maybe, right? If you match the speed, maybe? in and-
0: I don't know what it'd be like to be on the surface of a neutron star. I think it'd be pretty hot and unpleasant. There's definitely a huge amount of radiation from all the uh, the stuff nearby. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, technically you could. I mean, it's a thing, right? You could land on it. You could touch um, it. You could, like, um, you could like. I would reach suggest out and sending, sending a robotic probe first, but yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think if you were spinning that fast, you would probably uh, just get squished against the, your chair, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, imagine landing on something that's spinning really, really fast, right? You'd have to catch up to it in order to land on it. Mm. So you'd have to be orbiting it at a quarter of the speed of light. It'd be a pretty tricky maneuver.
1: Okay. So so how rare are these neutron stars? How many are there in the, in the universe or in our galaxy?
0: Yeah, well, we've identified a bunch of them. You know, we've seen, we've identified pretty confidently, like, thousands of them in our neighborhood. And the closest one we've ever seen is like 400 light years away. And then we can extrapolate. We say, well, if there's a certain density of neutron stars around here that we've seen, you know, how many do we expect to see? And we can have models of stars and supernova collapses and, and, there's, and their masses. And the estimates are that there are tens of millions of these things in the galaxy. Mm. Um, but, and you know, that's a tiny fraction of the hundreds, billions of stars that are in our galaxy, but it's mm. not a small number, right? There's a lot of these crazy dense, super spinning, um, little tiny, what do you call them? Neutron balls. Neutron balls. Yeah. That sounds like something you'd order for dessert. You know, I'd like two <laughs> neutron balls with chocolate syrup, please.
1: Can I get our, our ninja phys- physics, ninja to cook up some <laughs> neutron balls?
0: He says, oh no, you should have a dessert that's not quite so dense. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of them and they spin really fast. They're super dense. They also can't actually see them.
1: Can you actually see them in the night sky? You can, right? Because um, I heard they they don't give a visible light.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're like anything else that doesn't glow, you know, just like an asteroid, right? You can't see an asteroid unless the sun shines on it. These things are too far away for any star to to shine on them. We have to, we can only see them from the radiation that comes from nearby them because of the gravitational pressure they exert on like gas and dust that's orbiting them. So you can't see them directly. You can't point your telescope at a neutron star and expect to see it. It would just mm-hmm. be like a, a black rock, but not a black
1: hole. You see, like the chaos it's, that it's causing around itself.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just the way if you see a star walk, you know, through the, um, through the crowd of photographers at the Oscars, right? You probably don't see the star <laughs> directly. You just see like all the flashes of light from the cameras and all the whispering and all the people jockeying to get a quote, right? Yeah. And so often it's the secondary stuff that you see more directly.
1: Yeah, and probably if you try to reach, you can go in there and touch touch them, you probably also die, right? You you'd probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, some of those stars are spinning at a quarter of the speed of light. So be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Definitely, Ouch, um... I burned myself. <laughs> All right, cool. So those are neutron stars or neutron balls. and uh, So let's get into the other kinds of weird stars that we're going to talk about today. But first, let's take a quick break.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow. overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months, of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com universe. That's mintmobile.com universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com universe. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details
1: all right so let's keep going down our list of weird stars in the universe and we already talked about neutron stars now what, uh daniel what's our second kind of weird star in the, in the universe the second
0: kind of weird star is one of my
1: favorites and this is something called a pulsar hmm
0: that 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 sounds hey. like a like a like a watch. <laughs> they're very expensive. They're only made in Geneva, and they cost like fifty thousand dollars each because they're made by like tiny little dwarves that are kept underground and never see the sun or anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's my strange watch fantasy. No um, pulsars. <laughs> Pulsars are actually a type of neutron star, right? Mm. So neutron stars we just talked about. And neutron stars have strong magnetic fields, like really, really powerful magnetic fields. Because as we talked about in our episode about why the Earth has a magnetic field, anything that has like a fluid inside of it that can conduct electricity and is active is going to have a magnetic field. And neutron stars already have magnetic fields that are like billions of, of times as strong as the Earth's magnetic field. Because it's spinning? Is that why? Yet spinning, and because it has activity inside of it, so you know there must be what? stuff going on inside the neutron star. It's not just neutrons like crammed in and then and quiet, right? They're moving around. There's like some fluid
1: and what? some flow in order to get the um, the magnetic field. So inside of this ten kilometer, two suns mass, super dense thing, there's actually stuff going on inside of it that's yeah. creating. A magnetic field.
0: Yeah, but we don't understand that very well. Like, we even don't understand the magnetic field of our sun very well. You know, our sun Mm. has this very strong magnetic field and it flips every 11 years, which is really weird and we don't understand very well. So, we have a very tentative understanding of the magnetic fields inside neutron stars. Mm. And even weirder is that some neutron stars have even stronger magnetic fields, like. All right, neutron stars already crazy hot, crazy mm-hmm. dense, crazy fast, crazy small, crazy spinning, crazy magnetic fields. And then this category of them called pulsars have extra powerful magnetic fields, like a thousand or a million times more powerful. Wow. And,
1: and so, but others, some stars don't have this magnetic field.
0: Yes, yeah, some neutron stars have weaker magnetic fields. All neutron stars, we think, have magnetic fields. Mm-hmm. But some of them have such a strong magnetic field that something really weird happens. And remember that magnetic fields interact with charged particles, so a charged particle gets bent by a magnetic field. And right. you know, on Earth, we see this all the time in the Northern Lights. Northern Lights are just charged particles from the sun or from from somewhere else that got carried up to the north part of the um, the Earth by the magnetic field. Right? We have these lines, and the magnetic then the charged particles get bent by them and sent to the north or to the south. So something weird happens on a pulsar that's sort of the inverse, which is that a lot of charged particles get shot out from the pulsar uh, around the North Pole and the South Pole of the pulsar.
1: Mm. It becomes like like a death ray. Yes,
0: exactly. Two death rays, right? One from the north and one from the top of the south. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all this radiation produced and it gets funneled up to the north and the south magnetic poles and then shot out into space. So it's not mm-hmm. just like um, <clears throat> sent everywhere, like a glowing sun. It's like you take all this crazy radiation and you focus it into just two beams, one from the top and one from the bottom.
1: Right. And the crazy thing is that this magnetic field is moving, right, relative to the star. Well,
0: sometimes, like on Earth, the magnetic field is not pointing the same direction as the rotation axis, right? So the Earth, for mm. example, right, spins around one axis and the North Pole, as we talked about in that other episode, is not aligned, right? So mm. the direction of the North Pole
1: doesn't always point
0: the same way as the direction of the magnetic
1: North Pole. So there's a, it drifts. In, like on Earth, the magnetic our North Pole is drifting into Russia right now.
0: That's right. And as long as they're not aligned, then the magnetic north pole is sort of like sweeping out a circle in space, right, like a cone in space. Now imagine if you're blasting a hugely powerful laser, and that's basically what pulsars are doing, a hugely powerful laser out into space from your magnetic north pole, but the spinning north pole is in another direction. So then the magnetic north pole is going to sweep through space, um, sending this huge blast of radiation in different places. Mm. And that's why it's called a pulsar, because... Um, it doesn't always point towards Earth, for example. Sometimes that radiation sweeps across Earth, and we're like, whoa, what was that? And then it turns black again, and it waits for the pulsar to spin around, and then it covers us again. It's like a like a lighthouse, right, that's spinning around, and you only yeah. see it sometimes. It's always shining, but you don't always see it.
1: It's kind of like the Death Star in Star Wars, right? Like, um, <laughs> How is it like the Death Star exactly? Yeah, no, follow Follow me on this one, Daniel. <laughs> so the, you know the little right, circle that shoots the beam out of the Death Star? That's kind of mm-hmm. like the uh, the North Pole of the pulsar, mm-hmm. and so if you can imagine the Death Star kind of spinning along its axis, then that 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 laser beam is going to be also rotating around, kind of like a yeah yeah like like if you shine a flashlight out into the sky and you you move your hand, it's going to be sweeping around, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, I think a better name for pulsars would have been Death Stars because they really are Death Stars. They are these big blobs, right? Fully Um, operational battle stations capable of delivering incredible amounts of
1: radiation. Well, you know, this is our podcast, Daniel. We can name things whatever we want. Neutron (laughs) balls, death stars. Exactly. In Um, our little universe, we are in charge. The
0: first pulsar ever discovered actually has a pretty cool name. It's called LGM. (laughs) It stands for Little Green Men. What? And that's because it was an exciting discovery. The first pulsar I've ever seen, you know, they, they saw it in their data and they saw it was bright and then dark and then bright and then dark and then bright and then dark. And, then and, then dark and it was regular, right? Mm. It's not random. It's not like the pulsar just shines on you sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. It follows a very specific pattern.
1: It felt like somebody was trying to um, send us a signal.
0: Yes, exactly. So the first time they saw this, they thought, what? Are we getting a message from aliens? I mean, it's like Morse code or something, right? And so that's why they called it LGM-1, because they thought, well, maybe this is the first time we're hearing from aliens. And For they were real? a little hesitant to publish. That's the real name. It's, the LG, it's LGM. Yeah, the real uh, scientific name of the first pulsar ever discovered was called LGM-1. Wow. And they thought for a while, wow, maybe this is aliens. I mean, I love reading about those moments in science when people thought they discovered aliens, right? Because... Maybe there are aliens out there. And usually aliens like, in science are relegated to like, the fringe of uh, you know, the extremes, the crazy people, etc. But one day we might actually find aliens and some like, actual scientist doing careful work is going to stumble across evidence of it or hear a message from space or something. Yeah. So I love hearing about those moments when a scientist is like, am I that person? Am I the person <laughs> who's going to call up my colleagues and be like, no, I know this sounds crazy, but I think I found aliens.
1: Well, they must have felt pretty confident if they named it LGM.
0: (laughs) I think that was mostly a joke between them. But then they found a second one coming from Mm -hmm. a totally different direction in the sky. And so they were like, oh.
1: Let's call this one Little Blue Man. (laughs) Big Green Man or something. Um, So they found a second one. so they thought, oh, there must be, it can't just be, there can be two civilizations of little green men sending us signals. It must be some natural phenomenon.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And the thing that made it seem like maybe it was aliens was just
0: the fact that it was regular. And that's not that hard to explain, right? There's not that much information content in a regular message. If somebody wants to send you a message saying, hi, we're here, we're alive, come talk to us, you don't just send regular beeps, right? You want to send some information. Mm. And uh, and so that's, it wasn't very convincing as an alien message anyway. Mm. Yeah, and so then they found the second one and... uh and then they found a bunch, and so now we found lots of these things.
1: So if you were to look at these out into the you wouldn't see them in the night sky, right? You only see them in X-ray, the, the X-ray spectrum, right?
0: That's right. I think uh, they're mostly in X-ray.
1: And you would see them as, as kind of these blinking lights.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. And some of them blink slow because they rotate slowly, and some of them blink really fast because they rotate, like, crazy fast. Like, some of them blink on and off every
1: millisecond. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like this: something 10 kilometers big with the massive two suns spinning once every millisecond.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, this is an an enormous cosmic object doing these really extreme maneuvers um, just to send us this blinking radiation. It's really crazy.
1: Wow. And there's a mystery to them, right? Like we don't really know why they're sending this, or how they're sending these beams of radiation.
0: Yeah, you know, the how the magnetic field is generated and how the magnetic field turns into this beam of radiation is not something that's well understood. It's an area of active research. And, you know, there's some models here and there, but nobody's really fully
1: confident that they that they understand it. It's pretty weird. I think it's pretty clear there's probably some, some guys in black helmets inside turning a lever, <laughs> and that's what's causing these beams. I mean, obviously, it's a Death Star.
0: <laughs> I find your lack of faith in science disturbing, Jorge. <laughs> um and you know it costs these guys energy right you can't just beam a huge amount of energy into space for free that Mm. energy comes from somewhere so what Mm. happens is as the years and the millions of years go by these pulsars start to slow down essentially shooting out all this energy into space is like friction on the on the pulsar and it slows down and they last like you know we think like 10 to 100 million years
1: Oh, so only a little while in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah, only a little while. And Mm -hmm. they're unique. You know, each one has its own pattern. And that makes it really cool because you can use them for things like um, cosmic locations. Oh, kind of like beacons. Yeah, you can say, I'm this distance from that pulsar, and I'm that distance from this other pulsar, and I'm this distance from this third pulsar, and that's enough to say uniquely where you are in the galaxy. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. It is cool. we actually, we used it um, because when we sent out some of those early satellites that we just sort of like lofted out into space, thinking maybe one day they'll crash land on an alien planet, we included on on that spacecraft a plaque that describes our location using pulsars.
1: Mm. So then what happens after 100 million years, uh, after they run out of energy? They just become regular <laughs> neutrons, neutron balls? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. They start to slow down. They just become um, dark um, neutron balls. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Hopefully the aliens find us before our address becomes obsolete.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get into the last type of weird star out there in the universe. But first, let's take another break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when
0: you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place.
1: Okay, so the last kind of weird star that our listener... Our physics ninja. Our physics ninja, yeah. Callie Smith suggested we talk about is something called a magnetar.
0: Yeah, a magnetar. Magnetars are like the extreme version of pulsars. So pulsars are the extreme version of neutron stars, which are already extreme. And magnetars are like the crazy of the crazy.
1: Huh. But wait, if we're naming neutron stars neutron balls, you're saying this is the ballsiest of all the...
0: Neutron balls. <laughs> That's right. These are the ballsiest balls of all. Um, and ACDC would love these. Um, yeah, neutron stars sometimes have crazy magnetic fields, and they call them a pulsar. But when they have super crazy magnetic fields, like ridiculous, then you call it a magnetar. And so these are things that are spinning incredibly fast and have incredibly powerful magnetic fields. We think these are the most powerful magnetic fields basically anywhere in the universe.
1: Wow. Uh, what do you mean? So it's just something, it's just a neutron star or neutron ball that just happens for some reason to have started off with a, a giant magnetic field and rotation. Is there something that yeah. would, you know, how do you, uh, what what causes um, a neutron ball to, to have these higher or higher energy and fields? I think uh,
0: Thor's hammer has to strike it at just the right moment. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was bitten by a microwave spider. No, um, we don't know. You know, we don't understand. We know that it's not super rare. You know, something like one in ten um, of these pulsars is a magnetar. So it's not super rare, but they're super powerful. And you know, we don't even really have a strong grasp on magnetic fields of ordinary stars. So mm. understanding like. The crazy extreme magnetic fields of some really strange neutron stars is definitely an area of
1: active research and not something that we understand very well. So wait, are these things are made out of pure neutrons? They're like there are aren't any more atoms, basically. Is what you're saying? It's just pure neutrons clumped together.
0: That's right. If you want a source of pure neutrons, you want to go to Whole Foods and like go in the bulk food sections. They don't have neutrons. You got to go out to the neutron stars to get a, a pure spoonful of neutrons. Because oh. remember, atoms started out with protons and electrons and neutrons, but in the vicinity of a neutron star in the internal crazy compressed bits of a neutron star, the protons, the electrons react to give neutrons, and then also neutrinos, which fly out into
1: outer space and, and are not kept inside the star. Wow. But neutrons don't have any electric charge, right? They're not neither positive nor negative. So how can they have a magnetic field? Well,
0: there are quarks inside the neutron, right, which have charge.
1: Oh, so it's yeah. the, the, the spinning of, spinning of those It's causing maybe these fields.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and as I said, we don't really understand it very well. Um, but these things are crazy and they're moving really fast and they're moving so fast that they don't last very long. Like we said that pulsars take like a hundred or ten to a hundred million years to give up all their energy because they're spinning and beaming all this energy into space. Magnetars use up all their energy in like ten thousand years or something.
1: Wow, that's super quick. That's like a like a it's like a a blink in the in the age of the universe
0: yeah exactly it's hardly anything right it's, a, it's basically uh, an explosion right from the from the time scale of the universe it's an explosion they basically don't last at all it's like a but, flash yeah exactly it's a flash wow. um, but you know before they before they die they do even weirder stuff so the surface of the of this magnetar is very intense right it's a huge amount of pressure and we think that maybe it's not stable. And that sometimes what happens is the same thing that happens on Earth when you have huge, dense bits of matter pushed against each other, which on, on Earth, you get an earthquake.
1: Mm-hmm. So on the
0: surface of this magnetar, you might get a starquake. Right? What? Huge blobs, these neutrons, like, push against each other and slide and slip and you get cracks and the thing reforms. Wow. And... Yeah, I know. It sounds like science fiction,
1: right? But we think it's actually
0: literally happening in this universe.
1: Because they're spinning faster. You're saying these spin even faster than a thousand times a second.
0: Yeah, some of them do, exactly. And they have crazy magnetic fields. And the reason we think that sometimes they have these starquakes is that we see these really strong flashes of light, these gamma ray bursts mm-hmm. that we think are essentially like light escaping from the inside of the neutron star during one of these star quakes. And so it releases this huge amount of energy. And, you know, we should do a whole podcast episode on gamma ray bursts. They're fascinating. They're not very well understood. But one idea is that they might be caused by starquakes on the surface of magnetars. Wow. Wait. So, um, doesn't that sound like fiction? It just sounds like fiction. Star <laughs> quakes on the surface of
1: magnetars. Well, it doesn't sound that impressive if you switch to balls, right? Ball quakes on <laughs> the surface of neutron balls. I mean, and that's why we're not using balls <laughs> because it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> um. All right. So, um. So, but then, how do we see these magnetars? Uh, are they? Do we also see them blinking like the pulsars?
0: Yes, they also emit a lot of radiation. That's why they slow down. So they're essentially mm. like the super-duper version of pulsars. If pulsars are super-duper neutron stars, then magnetars are super-duper pulsars, and we can see them in that same way. And then oh. also sometimes they emit these huge flashes of, of gamma rays.
1: Oh. Which coincidentally is what gave another Avenger his superpowers. What? Which one? <laughs> you don't oh, I'm not goodness. up on my Marvel Universe details. Uh, it's, the, it's the Hulk. The Hulk, uh, everyone knows, uh, got his oh, powers right. from gamma ray.
0: Gamma ray radiation. Yeah, but not from a gamma ray burst from outer space, right? That would have affected everybody.
1: Well, we don't. We. Uh,
0: hmm. When he was getting one of his seven PhDs, he was doing an experiment that <laughs> immersed him in gamma rays, right? Yeah.
1: All right. So, um, uh, so those are magnetars. They're like supercharged pulsars, which are like supercharged neutron stars, which are like actually neutron balls. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: And you know, these things are not just ideas, right? These things, they are out there. They're literally there. You could take a spaceship and go and look at one and visit them and interact with them. Touch one, right? The universe really has this stuff in it. Right. And I always try to remind myself in astronomy that we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. You know, every decade we find something else super weird that astronomers 20 years ago would have thought, no, that's incredible. That's crazy. That's too weird to exist. Which means that there must be lots of stuff out there we haven't
1: even imagined, crazy stuff to trip over we haven't even begun to think about. Well, there are even crazier things that we think might be out there, right? Hypothetical crazy stars. Yeah, there's no
0: shortage of theorists out there thinking up other crazy stars that might exist. So let's transition from talking about real weird stuff to hypothetical weird stuff.
1: What are some of the things that physicists think might be out there that that are even weirder? Well, one of them
0: is called a quark star. And so we talked about how the neutron has quarks inside of it, right? And that in a neutron star, it's really compressed and the neutrons are all pushed up against each other. Well, it might be that you get a neutron star that's so dense that has enough gravity not to become a black hole but to break up the neutrons, right? Where the bond between the quarks um, is weaker than the energy of the gravity. And so basically breaks them up. And then you just have a ball of quarks. Wow. A quark ball. A quark ball. And, you know, we don't see, even though we're made out of protons and neutrons, which are made out of quarks, we never see quarks by themselves. Even in particle colliders, we never see that because quarks have really, really strong bonds with each other. Uh They have this really strange kind of force you know how gravity, how gravity gets weaker as things get uh, further apart? Well, the bonds between quarks is really weird. It gets stronger as things get further apart, which means it's very, very difficult to pull things apart because the amount of energy stored in that bond becomes
1: enormous. But where would this pressure come from? Like, What would be the difference between a regular neutron star and a quark star? I don't
0: know. That's a great question. I think it must just have to do with the mass of it and uh, the gravitational pressure, right? Oh. So if it's bigger than, if it's enough mass to form a neutron star, but not quite enough to form a black hole, then under some conditions, it might break down those neutrons into quarks. Wow. But that's not something we've ever seen. Wow. So you, you would just see a, like a ball of solid quarks. Yes, exactly. And I'm not sure how you would observe that, right? That's a great question. How would you tell the difference between a neutron star and a, a star where the neutrons have broken down into quarks? Mm. There must be some sort of strange radiation that, that's generated from that kind of star. You just ask it, right? Like on, on the red carpet, you <laughs>
1: Over here, over here. That's
0: right. And the kinds of quarks that are in um, neutrons are just up quarks and down quarks. But there are other kinds of quarks. There's the strange quark and the bottom quark and the charm quark. And so some people have thought of like, well, what if you had a star made exclusively of strange quarks, for example? And so they call that, of course, the strange stars. And uh, that's another just crazy hypothetical example of something. That, but it could be out oh, there, right? It could be yeah. this enormous ball of pure strange quarks just out there floating in the universe.
1: Well, that's a diff- that's a whole different Avenger, I think.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's the strange Hulk,
1: right? But I, I also uh, read that there is something that uh, might be called a dark matter star.
0: Yeah, exactly. Remember that stars are formed from gravity, right? It's gravity pulling stuff together and squeezing it making it denser and denser. Well, we know that dark matter is out there. In fact, there's more dark matter than anything else. And we do know that it's affected by gravity. That's how we discovered it. So it's entirely possible that in every star there's dark matter, but that there are some stars that have huge fractions of dark matter, or that in the early universe, some of these, uh, some of these stars were formed primarily from dark matter, or even mm. you might have stars that are pure dark matter. Like a dark star a dark star. Exactly. And that sounds like a science fiction novel I'd like to Meaning,
1: read. Meaning uh, you could get enough dark matter condensed in the same spot that it might actually start to like combust or burn. Well, that's
0: a question we don't know the answer to because we don't know if dark matter has any interactions with itself other than gravity. Oh. So gravity can cluster together. The reason that normal matter starts to burn is because of the other forces, right? The strong force and fusion all that stuff comes from the other interactions. From we the, don't know anything yeah. about dark matter's interactions. If it has some sort of Crazy interaction with itself, then yeah, it could combust and start to burn. But then it might emit some sort of radiation we can't see, right? It might emit dark photons, for example.
1: So again, you're just talking about dark matter balls.
0: <laughs> Back to the balls, as always, Jorge. <laughs> dark balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Welcome
0: to Daniel and Jorge explain the balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like you're you're really just talking about yeah, clumps no, I, I of really super mean. dense dark matter clumps. Yes, exactly. But they might be so dense and so crazy that they might uh, emit some sort of uh, light or radiation.
0: They might. That part is pure speculation. I would not be surprised if dark matter formed clumps that was at least as dense as stars, right? So you could call that a star, I think. Um, uh, we don't know anything about dark matter interactions for generating radiation, so that is just pure wild guesses. It might be that dark matter has no other kind of interaction, in which case it just Mm. sort of quietly gets clumped together by gravity to form these structures, but Mm. never radiates anything. It could be. Uh, I don't think so. I think dark matter must have some kind of interaction with normal matter. Otherwise, it wouldn't have come into equilibrium in the early universe. Um, But we haven't figured that out at all. That's like one of the biggest questions in science right now is, doesn't dark matter feel any forces other than gravity? Mm. Does it feel anything? (laughs) It's so cold and distant, just like all those other stars. So emo. (laughs) So full of itself.
1: All right, well, those are all the weird stars that um, Callie Smith wanted us to talk about. And uh, I think the lesson here is that uh, the universe always has more surprises waiting for us.
0: That's right. Don't be bored by the universe. It's always got something on the next page. So just turn the page, dial that telescope up one more notch, and you'll see something else to entertain you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody, and tune in next time. And if you have questions about something we said or if you have questions about something else or you want an episode where we talk about your questions, just send us your suggestions to questions at danielandjorge.com. All right.
1: See you next time. If you
0: still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and jorge that's one word, or email us at feedback at DanielAndJorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it.